0: number six and i want to speak on the subject on this father's day a 24 7 dad a 24 7 dad now some of you this is your first father's day we celebrate that with you some of you are expecting right now and it'll be coming in a few uh, weeks or a few months i talked to a family last night a dad and they're expecting, and he is so excited to be a dad for the first time. Now, some of you are veterans. You have four or five kids, and you know how it's done. And may the Lord bless you with 12 more. May God just, may God just m- make your home and your life just full of joy uh, all the time. And being a parent, being a parent today is challenging. Yeah, it's more challenging than when Denise and I were raising our kids. I mean, we didn't have these apparatuses that take that, that Take a seminar. I, I'm talking about the, the strollers. Do you look at the strollers they have today? The, I mean, you, you have the, the seat cover, that the, the seat, uh, what do you call it, that you buckle in the kids, you know? There it is, there it is, the car seat. And it attaches to, and you have to undo, and you have this big apparition. You have to. We just put our kids in the trunk, and we would just go on wherever. I mean, back in those days, it was a little simpler than it is today. I mean, it, it's a challenge. It's a challenge, and and becoming a father. You remember when you became a father for the first time? you remember the sense and i want to illustrate here with these with these barbells if i can just a moment and when you became a father for the first time you could feel the you could feel the weight of responsibility yeah you could feel the moment you became a dad you sense man for 20 years for 20 plus years I I have to take care. I've got to do my best. I've got to nurture. I got to feed. I got to. I all the responsibilities. You immediately felt the weight of responsibility. Now through uh, early toddler season and even elementary, you feel the weight, uh, and it feels all right, and it feels like it's it's going good, and you think you have the father's thing down. You feel like I'm going to win the the fatherhood button this year, and then all of a sudden you feel the pressure, the strain of them becoming adolescents. It was easier when they were kids, little kids, elementary, but all of a sudden you feel the strain. There's a greater sense of resistance, pressure, responsibility when they become adolescents. And then you think about getting them to adulthood and college tuition, and you feel the pressure and the resistance. Some of you want to know if I'm going to do it, huh? Okay, some I'm wondering if I'm going to do it. And you feel the pressure, oh, and it burns. You're paying college tuition, and you're saying, this was better, and this was a whole lot better. You ever hear uh, parents say, Oh, it was so great when they were little kids because down here there's less pressure. And lifting, feeling the lifting of that weight, you sense the pressure. Well, I'm going to take this for a moment, the idea of lifting weights. I think it speaks to us as fathers. And I'm going to take the word lift as an acronym. And I'm going to go into Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 4. And I'm going to take the four letters and lift, L-I-F-T. And use it as an acronym to talk to us about being 24-7 dads. 24-7 dads. With that, let's read the scripture if we can. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. That's a word to us as dads. And I want to suggest embedded in that one verse is, a, is a four thoughts that I'm going to put in the form of an acronym, L-I-F-T, to talk to us. The first one, the letter L, I suggest stands for LEAD notice verse number four again it begins off by saying fathers it doesn't say parents it doesn't say family it doesn't say mothers it starts off fathers and i want to suggest to us that the word of the lord and the holy spirit is summonsing us to be leaders dads be leaders thank god for moms moms have an important place in rearing and, 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 and mentoring and raising kids. But Dad, you're not the mother. Don't mother your kids. Be a father to them. Be a dad. And today, there is so much pressure on men, so much pressure on men to be silent, to be passive, And to not take their God-given role that the Lord has intended for them to lead. God has wired us. And this is not chauvinism or sexism. Please do not hear what I am not saying. God has wired us and God intends for us men to lead. I am not saying women or any other family is subservient. Let's hear what God is saying. He begins verse number four by saying fathers he is calling us to lead now i understand that sometimes manhood fatherhood has been abused and and it has been chauvinism and sometimes it has been sexism i realize that has happened but let's not be distracted by that god's word is telling us that we as men we are to lead there is a leadership position in the home in the family fathers that god intends for us to take not demeaning or minimizing the mother or any other family member but god has assigned to us some responsibilities and leadership that we should assume and for a moment let me give us some 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 uh action points if i can dads and i'm going to frame them on things not to do things to not do dads Do not make racial or sexist remarks in your family. Dads do not tell lies. Dads be an example in every area. Dads do not play music that has offensive and vulgar language. Why would we play music in the home that describes actions if our kids were doing it, we would be appalled by it? God's Word is summonsing us to walk at a higher level. Do not post offensive things on Facebook or social media. Men, fathers, let's lead by setting an example and respecting authority. Do not disrespect authority. Politicians, police officers, teachers, principals, there is a spirit in America today to be antagonistic and disrespectful for all leaders. And there is this culture in America, nobody can tell us what to do and we have our own individual rights and we can say and express anything we want. And forever on social media, if a teacher or a principal gives direction, then the teacher or the principal is bullied on social media because there's this idea we have no respect for authority and I invite men, let's lead our families in respecting authority today. Men take the lead. The second, the second word. It's the letter "I," and I'm going to give us the word "inspire." Notice verse number four again: "Fathers, do not exasperate. What does the word "exasperate" mean? It's the idea, don't shame. It would have in there no emotional abuse. Do not let your kids feel intimidated by you. Fathers? don't walk around so the family is walking on eggshells in fear of your wrath don't be so controlling that your family is fearful of your temper or your demeanor now there is a place for correction in the home but there's a difference between correction and condemnation and god's word is saying don't be that in other words inspire inspire your family inspire your kids i occasionally do leadership training with pastors or church leaders and there's all kinds of leadership styles out there and many of you have studied and are much more informed on that than i am but there is a theory that all leadership styles fall into basically two categories and that is push leadership leadership and pull leadership push leadership is intimidation it's the it's the supervisor that uses threats intimidation it's it's the idea you do or else it's always dangling the the stick of correction the reprimand It's always keeping employees in the sense of that they're insecure and they don't know what to do. It's pushing, always demanding more and more and more, and it's never good enough. But there is another style of leadership, and that is pull leadership. You pull the best out of people. You invite them to become their best. You invite them to aspire to the best. You invite them to reach higher goals. Jesus Use the pull-style leadership. He summons people to become better, to think better, to walk better, to make better decisions. And that is the leadership that I believe the Holy Spirit wants every father to have. Do not exasperate. Don't push them. Pull them to something better. Dads, we are always molding and unfolding. Always molding and unfolding in our kids' lives, in our family's lives. Molding by what we say, by what we do. We're shaping their values, their self-esteem, their self-concept, their value system. We are molding that. And sometimes we're unfolding. Sometimes we're helping them move past what seems to be a failure or a struggle and unfolding to them and showing them their strengths, their gifts, their purpose. We as fathers should be speaking and summonsing and inspiring our family to be better and believe and see the best for themselves. Fathers, we need to speak the purpose of God into And upon our children, inspire them and encourage them to be their very best in life. For you see, our passions set the spiritual temperature of the home. Dads, inspire your kids to live for God. Don't threaten them. Don't intimidate them. Don't scold them into every experience of life. Inspire them to be better. Inspire them to excel. Inspire them to discover their God-given talents and giftings in life to be their very best. He tells us don't exasperate. Don't intimidate. Instead, inspire them. The third word begins with the letter F, and I suggest it's, it's the word fateful faithful let's look into the text faithful verse number four fathers do not exasperate your children notice this phrase instead bring them up what does it mean to bring them up it's an interesting word used in the language we just we think it's just bring them up just raise them give them rules and regulations it it actually has a little more a little more depth to it than that the word was actually used for nourishing them actually serving them a meal. Now, I dare say, most of us in here, we like to eat more than once a week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some of us like to eat two or three times a day. Some of us like to veg all day long. I've talked to some fathers today, and I said, what are you going to do? And said, I'm going to just eat everything. I'm just going to eat. I'm going to enjoy my day. I wonder, are we emotionally and spiritually nourishing them because this is what the scripture is saying you don't just do one thing one time you don't show up as super dad at their birthday and at christmas but it's every day. This phrase, bring them up, means the idea of daily feeding them as it were a meal, but it means more than that. The, the idea of feeding them as a meal, it's saying this, as you would feed them daily a meal, so that emotionally and spiritually, daily, you're nourishing them. I believe it's teaching us that we need to be faithful, not occasional, Not just once in a while, not on and off, hit and miss, but faithful. And dads, let me share with you, our no's are important and our yeses are important. And if you gave a no, stick with your no, be faithful. If you gave a yes, stick with your yes, be faithful. If you said yes, I'm going to take you fishing this summer, then do it. If you said, yes, we're going to go snow skiing in the, in the winter, then do it. If you said, yes, be reliable, be faithful. If you said, no, let it stand as no. Don't let your family whine you out of your no. If it was wrong when you first heard about it, it should still be wrong after all the whining. Be faithful. And moms and dads, don't have one parent with a yes and one parent with a no because that will be exploited in the home. And dads, dads let me just share with you. We can't fix everything. And that's tough for dads to realize. Dads, you can't fix it when, when your daughter's being bullied or your son is not passing algebra or this is not occurring. There's just some things we can't fix. We want to. There is something within men. Men want to fix things. If our family, our kids, our wife bring a concern, a complaint, and, the, and they're, 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 they're going on about something, there is something in a man he wants to fix that. That's why we give advice all the time. Well, here's what you need to do. You need to do this and have you tried that and said, Why do men do that? Because men are programmed to fix things. And dads, we sense that, In life, there ought to be tools for everything. There ought to be a socket and a wrench for everything. When a man works on something and he can't do it, here's what they say, they ought to build a tool to do that. If they're going to build, they ought to have a tool that just turns around and you can reach that bolt or you can tighten that a little bit better. And so it is with life when it comes to family issues. When there's an issue with our kids and an issue in the home, we want to fix things. And sometimes dads, we can't find the tool. We can't find the right tool. We can't find the, the very thing at that time that we could respond to that challenge to fix it the way it should be and the way we want it to be. And when a man cannot fix it, he feels like a failure. It's tough. It's frustrating as a man, as a dad, to not be able to fix things. So what do you do when you can't fix it? Be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful. I've been with families in all kinds of predicaments of life. I've been there at the at the death of a loved one. I've been there when they married, when they discovered they were going to have a child, at the birth of the child. I've been there when the promotion came. I have dedicated new houses. I've dedicated businesses. I have been there the launch day of special moments. I have been with families in every situation myriad of circumstances in life i've sat and listened to so many family members recount and reminisce and tell stories and go back and, and take a family history with me and their stories and here's what i've discovered in pastoring your family will forget what you say and do your family will forget what you say and do but they will never forget what you faithfully say and do and that ought to be good news to us dads in other words you can blow it (laughs) you can give the wrong advice you can make a mistake you can miscalculate and just just make the wrong choice and give the wrong advice sometimes your family will forget it but they will never forget what you consistently and faithfully do whether good or bad I have been with family members so many times, and I hear this all the time. What I remember about my dad is he always used to do fill in the blank. What I remember about my dad, he used to always tell me fill in the blank. You see, what your family will remember is not what you just say and do. It's what you consistently and faithfully say and do. So dads, I'm here to admonish us in every area. Be faithful. Bring them up. Serve and nourish them daily. Have an input in their life. Text them. Tell them. Remind them. Tell stories. Even tell the mistakes you've done and say, these are the lessons. I don't want you to fall into the traps. I don't want you to fall into and repeat it over and over and over again. Be faithful in the family. And that brings me to The fourth and the last one, L is lead, I is inspire, F, be faithful, and T stands for tenacious, tenacious. Let's read what the Scripture says, Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up. Notice this phrase, in the training and instruction of the Lord. In the training and instruction of the Lord. And what's important about that one phrase is under the inspiration of the the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul, when he was writing this particular New Testament book, the Holy Spirit inspired him to reach into their culture and use the phrase that's translated training and instruction, but it had a particular reference in that day. It is from the Greek stadium the Grecian Olympics that phrase training and instruction was used and the moment he wrote it the Ephesians understood and it was a it was a Greek Olympian word and phrase it was the word of an athlete an athlete doesn't go and pick up uh, the weight one time and say okay I'm done I'm through with it no trains he pumps iron over and over again daily an athlete preparing for the olympian games doesn't go out one time or two times but daily repeated over and over and over again in good weather in bad weather when he feels like it when he doesn't feel like it, when the muscles ache when he feels like he he's good enough but he'll press and say i'm even going to be better I'm doing good, but I want to be the best. And he just keeps going tenaciously, faithfully. He's resolute. He's firm. He is persistent. And the Holy Spirit used that phrase and said to fathers, fathers, contend. Don't give up. Fathers, don't get discouraged. Fathers, don't give up. Be tenacious. Be Faithful, consistent in your faithfulness. There's going to be times you're going to throw in the towel. Just keep doing it. That that tenacity, that tenaciousness, just keep contending for the values that you know you should have. Fellas, all men, there there is a gene that created our manhood. It's called the, referred to as the SRY gene. The S, it's in the Y chromosome. The SRY gene is what makes you male. You see in, in your mother's womb, after inception, the, 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 the baby begins to grow. And early on, the SRY gene is assigned to that baby in the womb and that s r y gene is what makes us male it is the s r y gene that produces this male sex organ it's what makes us male I can say not only it it creates manhood I can extrapolate it out and says it creates fatherhood it all goes back to the s r y g in fact in the Olympic Games today Before female athletes compete, they are screened. There's drug screening and hormonal screening, and if they find the SRY gene, that female athlete is disqualified if there's any kind of uh, hormonal enhancement that has been taking place. They're not allowed to compete because it is exclusively male. It is what it's what gives the men the greater stature to to grow muscle and stature and their bone structure and their muscle strength. It's, it's the SRY gene that creates it. It's the SRY gene that that gives us that that challenge to just do better and contend. It's, it's the SRY gene that just we say we have to we have to give it our best. It's why you won't quit. You take a little boy or a man and you say, I bet you can't do something. And something inside of us kicks in and says, yes, I can. We want to define it. We may hurt. It may ache. We may even hurt ourselves. But there's something about achieving it. There's something about accomplishing that we're going to do it. Because it's in our DNA. It's where we get stamina. It's where we get uh, uh, physical strength, and it, it, it's what makes the tend to make the, the the male characteristic of strength and stamina, and and his his stature that comes from the SRY gene. Here is what I am saying: God has wired us for tenacity. You are programmed, men to be tenacious god intends that we be if you please stubborn to not give up to contend that's why that's why dads when their kids go off to play or they're going out to school and walking out the door dads will say just give it your best work hard win the game and mothers say take care of yourself do you have your lunch mothers are nurturing Dads, we want them to win. If they, the kids fall down out there in the, on the playground or fall down in the game, mother, oh, is he hurt? And dads are saying, get up, just, just shake it off. Get out there and just keep going. There is something in a man that just wants to say, win, compete, achieve. God has wired us men to be tenacious. And the Holy Spirit is saying to us, fathers when it comes to your family when it comes to being a parent when it comes to being a dad be a 24/7 dad be tenacious don't give up you're in the adolescent years of raising a family and it's challenging and at times you don't understand your daughter you don't understand your son be tenacious don't walk away Don't give up. Don't separate. Don't back out. Be a father. Step in. It was Thomas Jefferson that said, and I quote, In matters of style, swim with the current. But in matters of principle, stand like a rock. He's calling men to be and to have backbone. So... I want to bring it to a prayer moment. And I want to say something to all of our dads here. I want to bring this to a prayer moment on this Father's Day. And I want to point out, your choices purchase destiny. Your choices to be, to be a leader or not to be a leader. Whatever choice you make, it will purchase a destiny for your family. Your choice to inspire or to be pessimistic and negative, your choices will purchase a destiny. Your, part, your your choices to be faithful or unfaithful, they will purchase a destiny. Your choice to be tenacious or passive, it will purchase a destiny. And now I want to explain the dollar bill to you. If I gave those points to you in a piece of paper or bookmark, guys, you wouldn't be able to find it next week. But I knew if I gave you a dollar, you wouldn't lose it. So that dollar, it's yours to keep. But for a moment, fathers, for a moment, I want that dollar to represent something. I want that dollar to represent your choices. And your choices purchase a destiny. I want that dollar to represent your determination, your willingness, your decision to follow God and be a 24 7 dad. That dollar to represent that. And your choice will purchase a destiny. I want to give that dollar to you. And I want to tell you about something. I was 10 years old. I don't think I was nine, I think it was nine or 10. I know I wasn't 11 can't really call it 9 or 10 I got my allowance now back then allowances they didn't pay as well as they pay today at one time I made 75 cents a week yeah 75 cents a week and then I remember when my allowance went up to a dollar a week and I got a dollar a week I mean hey you were out of coins and now you were into paper money you were somebody and I got I got my weekly allowance and I can still recall this. I can see this happening in my mind right now. And I had that, I had that dollar. And my dad said facetiously, kind of jokingly, you better let me hold on to that dollar for you. You give it to your mom, she'll spend it. So what did I do? I went along with the, with the joke. I said, here, dad. And so my dad took the dollar and he folded it. And my dad put it in his wallet. I was nine or ten. this is the dollar. This is the dollar. My dad carried that dollar in his wallet for some 45 years. It's folded in the same way my dad folded it that day and he slipped it in his wallet. I still recall it to this day. I wouldn't trade this dollar for a $100 bill today because this dollar has a memory and has a story behind it. Through the years, as a teenager, even after I got married, there'd be this moment, this jokey moment, and my dad would pull it out of the wallet. He'd say, here it is. Now, remember, if you'd have given it to mom, she'd have spent it, but I held on to it, and here is the dollar. My dad never spent it. Now, he could have, and he could have just later on given me another dollar, and that would have been fine. There would be no story behind it. But that dollar, my dad folded put it in his wallet and for over 45 years my dad carried this same dollar in his wallet and a few years about two years before my dad passed away we were sitting at McDonald's drinking a cup of coffee and my dad pulled out his wallet and he pulled out the dollar and the moment I saw it I knew the story I knew what it was it's that same dollar same dollar my dad had carried for some 45 years dad said it's probably time I give this to you he reached across the table and I took it we didn't say anything but I knew what he was saying he wasn't his health wasn't good And he was saying, it's time I give this back. He was saying, I want that back in your hand. Because when something happens to me, I don't want that dollar to be lost. I don't want it to be misplaced. It means too much for me for that same dollar to ever be spent. And he handed it to me. open my wallet and I put that dollar in and I've carried that same dollar ever since, never spending it. There's going to be a day I'm going to pull this out of my wallet and I'm going to hand it to my grandson and I'm going to tell him the story and I'm going to say never spend it. There's a story behind this dollar You see, our decisions purchase our destiny. And dads, I want you to take this dollar. Now, you could spend it today. You can go to the dollar menu at a fast food restaurant. You can go to the dollar store, and that dollar would be gone. But I want to invite you, the dollar I just gave you, to never spend it. I'm going to invite you to fold it up and put it in your wallet. But before you do, I want to invite you to do something. I want to invite you to write today's date on that dollar. I want you to take a a sharpie and write 27, excuse me, 2415. 2415 on it. What do you mean 2415? Pastor, you just said be a 24-7 dad. Why 2415? Because Joshua 2415 says this. But as for me and my house, We will serve the Lord. And I'm going to invite you to take that dollar, write 2415 on it, today's date, and put it in your wallet to represent. I'm not spending it. My choice has purchased the destiny. And then there'll be a day. There'll be a moment in which you'll pull it out of your wallet. And you're going to hand it to your daughter, your son, your grandchild, and you're going to tell them a story. On a Father's Day, I decided to become a 24-15 dad grandfather that I was going to serve the Lord and my household was going to serve the Lord. And you tell them the story of the commitment you made to God today.